in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! You know when someone says, we need to talk, that something's up. What's up on the Get Ready for the Future show is a discussion of how having some important conversations about money could make 2021 a lot better. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And we welcome you into the Get Ready for the Future show, broadcasting all across the state of Arkansas, all around the world, online on Facebook and YouTube. John Shrewsbury, Janet Walker, and Tim Key from our West Little Rock office on the air for you today to talk a little bit about retirement investments and your money and to have that dreaded conversation. We need to talk. John, speaking of that dreaded conversation, uh, Tim, when when John and I came into the radio room, there was this whiteboard. And I know some of us are seeing, some uh, listeners are, are actually viewing us also online and can see what I'm holding up. But for those of you listening on the radio, we have this little whiteboard that we use on the show periodically. And it was sitting on the table today and it said, we need to talk, dot, 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 <laughs> in all capital letters. And John and I walk in and see that and we're like, um... So we begin to scurry about yeah. the marketing department going, <laughs> Who um, needs to yeah. talk? And they're like, what are you talking about? It was in here for a photo op before the show so we could do a social media promo. But there was this ominous feeling. I mean, it, and we're the employers. How bad can it be? You know, but yeah. still, it was, we need to talk. Dum, dum, dum. Well, guys, uh, to get us started in the show today, research really does tell us that uh, when you have a conversation or talk with a spouse or partner about money, it increases the satisfaction of that relationship. Now, obviously, when you talk about anything in a relationship, it's better than you don't talk, you know. And I'm always reminded about that story of, uh, you know, the, the couple that went to marriage counseling and uh, the counselor sat down and said, okay, ma'am, we'll start with you. And uh, she looks at the counselor and says, well, he never says I love you anymore. And the uh, guy looks at the counselor and says, well, I told her the first time that we met. And after that, uh, I figured she already knew, you know, and so there's no conversation. You've got to have conversations about money if you're going to really have a healthy relationship. And Tim, I know that that is something that that uh, you practiced in your life and you've seen that actually play out uh, in our clients. Well, almost everything we do revolves around money. I mean, yeah. that's usually behind it. So being able to talk about money and talking about you know how you want to spend it, what do you want to do with it, where you want to go with it, those types of things, it just does make a healthier relationship because it does open the conversation to so many other things as well. You know, uh, of all the people who need to talk about money, I would say that it's a husband and wife. You know, as far as relationships, it's a husband and wife who need to talk about money more than anybody else. But recent studies showed that married people have the fewest conversations about money out of any type of couple. So that would include people who are cohabitating, dating, or separated. So married people who are doing everything together, spending money together, are the ones who talk about it the least. And this is where I, I like to use my favorite Dave Ramsey quote. He said, you know, when we were kids growing up, we didn't think our parents had money or sex, and turns out they had both. And it, because they didn't talk about any of it, we didn't think they had it. So the reality is you have money, therefore you have a need to talk about it. And so specifically on the show today, we're going to talk about retirement money. We're going to talk about the conversations that you need to have, especially if you're thinking about retirement in the not too distant future. There are actually six conversations that we're going to touch on today uh, that we believe would make 2021 better for you, especially if you're going to retire or maybe if you're going to retire in the next four or five years, you really do need to be talking about uh, these topics that we're going to cover. So why do we tend to avoid having conversations about money? I, I wonder about this just in even in social settings. Yeah. Money still today in 2021 is almost a taboo subject. You know, I think especially in the Bible Belt, we we get to a, a biblical misunderstanding sometimes. You know, Scripture does not say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is That's the right. root of all evil. And so, you know, we just are like, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want people to know how much we make. We don't, want, you know, the judgment 
a lot of times that comes along with either having not enough money or maybe even what some people would consider too much. And so we just don't talk about it. But I think another thing in marriage is to understand the differences that you and your spouse are coming from financially. Um, That's been something where my husband and I have been very blessed to be able to remove the emotion of a financial conversation and just talk about the facts. There are wise decisions that that my parents made, and and some not so wise, but mostly they made wise financial decisions along the way, um, where his parents didn't make as wise of a financial decision, you know, time after time after time time just because they didn't know to make those decisions. And so he's able to, instead of going, well, that's the way I grew up and that's the way we're going to do it, to step back and just go, all right, what makes sense here and not have an emotional conversation? Let's just talk about the facts. Tim, I think money means different things to different people. And and oftentimes it, it is that way in a marriage. I think, like Janet said, where you come from means a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up in a family, uh, my parents, we lived paycheck to paycheck. I didn't really realize that when we were yeah. younger, but as I got older and um, was going to college and so forth, I mean, I realized that, you know, they didn't have a lot. And, you know, I think we expected a lot from them at times, right. but they did the best they could. And, and I kind of geared myself to saying that I'm going to have some savings and I want to make sure that, you know, my family doesn't live paycheck to paycheck. And so I was trying to, you know, we come at it from that direction. And, and my wife, um, she kind of came the same way. And my sister was actually upset when I married Lori because I was always a saver and Lori's a saver too. So, <laughs> so my sister was always like, I wanted someone that you'd married to spend your, all your money, but <laughs> not that I got a ton of it, but you know, it's, yeah. it's, um, you know, so we really have two savers in our family. And so we do kind of come from the same backgrounds, but not all marriages do that. And there's oftentimes we're sitting in a meeting room with someone and starting to talk about what's retirement look like to you. One has thought about it. One has not. And they're not on the same page. And so until you get on the same page, we can't put that financial plan together for you. And and guys, I'll say in in marriage relationships, I mean, the number one reason for divorce is financial. And now there's a lot of subcategories that come under that, but it is absolutely the number one reason for divorce. And so you just got to talk about it. You absolutely have to in order to get on the same page. And I'll tell you, it may not be your page. It may not be your spouse's page. It may need to be somewhere in between where you are and where they are. And I think you've got to recognize that money is an emotional issue for a lot of people and they have different emotions about money. Uh, I know in in my world, I I have a thought process about money because of the background that I came from. My wife has a a little bit different thought process about it and, and it can be emotional, but you can also also uh, feel like that you've already had this money conversation. It's kind of like the guy yeah. I was talking about that said, you know, that I told her I loved her when I first met her. And after that, uh, you know, I figured she already knew. You may be thinking you've already talked about money a few years ago and set all of our expectations at that time. And so we're good. Nothing needs to change. Nothing needs to be talked about. But that's really not the case. Yeah, I, I think it has to be an ongoing situation. You know, we, we talk about um, your your financial life is a video and not a snapshot. In other words, it's ever-changing. And because your finances are ever-changing, then the conversation needs to be an ongoing conversation. And and frankly, the topic changes. You know, right now at our house, and John's going to get tired of hearing this one, <laughs> we're talking a lot about college education expenses these days because, man, it's right around the corner. And there's a whole lot of decisions being made based partly based on the financial aspect of it. And so we're talking about that a lot. And one of the things we're really trying to do, guys, is to bring, because this is our son's college decision, it's not ours ultimately, it's his, but bringing him in on the financial understanding of all of it so that he's comfortable talking about money when he's married at some point in the future. Well, especially when you're transitioning from one life stage to another, like college, like retirement, money conversations are very critical. You need to have them. You know you need to have them. So let's go to school on exactly what you need to be talking about. What conversations should you have with your spouse before the end of the year? We will tell you right after the break. This is the Get Ready for the Future show from Wealth Financial Advisors. We're back in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us. More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened-to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned. 
This is Scott Inman. At GenWealth Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life. Whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. 2020 has been one of those years you didn't have to hunt for things to be worried about, but uh, I think I need to bring one to the (laughs) forefront today, Janet, uh, that we do need to be concerned about as we go into 2021. And that topic is inflation. Now, we're not talking about the hyper double digit inflation that we saw in the late 70s and 80s, but there is something on the radar that we need to be preparing for, frankly. Yeah, if you have uh, maybe been engaged in home building or anything of that nature in the recent past, you know that the prices of all kinds of building materials have been going up. Let's just hit some of those. So commodities up 66% from late March of this year. Aluminum prices up 41% from the March low point. Uh, lumber prices, that's the one everybody's been talking about locally. Yep. They've they've risen pretty rapidly. Agricultural products are also showing big increases in prices. Now, as a farmer's daughter, I see that as good news, but I have to look at it from the financial advisor perspective and look at what does that mean for a big picture. So let's talk about why these prices are going up right now. What you've seen is the Fed has bottomed out interest rates, and they have announced that they are going to be down for a long period of time. So what you have is a lot of easy money, as they call it, flowing into the economy. There's money out there, cheap money galore. And so the classic setup of inflation is when you have too much money chasing too few goods and services. And so what's happened is this low interest rate environment has caused people to have kind of a building spurt. Hey, let's go ahead and build a house. Let's go ahead and and refinance a house or whatever the case may be. Or let's do some home improvements and, and borrow the money to get it because it's very cheap to do. That works until it doesn't. So let's talk about a quote here from Brian Westbury. He's one of our favorite economists. He's with First Trust Investment. He says, John, the Fed is playing with fire when it comes to inflation. Well, what's he referencing here? He's talking about the Fed's decision to keep interest rates low for an extended period of time. And those more in, those, those low interest rates make for a more liberal money supply, just like you talked about, where we've got too much money chasing too few goods. Yeah, and, and that is the classic setup of inflation. Now, we're not thinking that, again, as Janet alluded, to earlier. We're not thinking that inflation is going to fly off the charts, but let's talk about what even a little bit of inflation can do because we haven't seen a whole lot of inflation in the recent past. And uh, even when you uh, have no inflation, a little bit can feel kind of bad. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree with that. So when you talk about inflation, it's going to cost you more money just to do the things that you've been doing, you know, today, the last few years. Just to live life. Yeah, just to live life at the same standard of living. That's the key. It's not going to cost you more to raise your standard of living. Well, it would, but that's not what we're talking about. But just to maintain your standard of living will cost you more money as inflation kicks in. And Janet, if you're retired, one of the things that you've got to be concerned about is most people's retirement is relatively flat in terms of income. And if prices are going up, that's going to make a tight budget even that much tighter. And, and I think that uh, to add to that, you've got to be having the conversation about having a plan to increase your retirement income as you go through life. Yeah, if you've got a pension income that it, and most of those don't have a, a significant cost of living adjustment, if any, if that's your situation, what's your plan to address inflation? Because Social Security is not going to help you on that. Usually that increase is eaten up by uh, the increased Medicare costs. So you've got to have a plan on paper, on purpose, to address your need for increased income in retirement. We're hoping 2021 is better than 2020, but this is a conversation that you need to watch out for and need to be having with both your spouse and your financial advisor. That's the Fastest 4 Minutes in Investing. We're back in just a moment. Want to know what goes on in the studio? 
during this break? Go subscribe to the Gen Wealth Financial Advisors YouTube channel and get all the straight talk on retirement, investments, and your money. From the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show. I'm about to violate all broadcast standards here, guys. Uh-oh. Oh, my. This might not be good. <laughs> I get to say a dirty word on the radio and on Facebook and on YouTube. Mud? Budget. Oh, okay. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Budget is a four-letter word now, for before, many people. Now, before you reach for the X on the, on the computer or the off button on the radio hear us out. We need to have budget conversations as we talk about the six conversations that you need to have with your spouse as you prepare for retirement. Janet, budget is one of those that just absolutely flies under the radar with a lot of folks. And and it is amazing the number of people that come in that really don't have a handle on how much money they need to have coming in for their retirement. Well, you know, people have never been taught to budget, frankly, in most cases. And Tim, I think you and I are wired very much the same. Like if you took away my budget, I'd probably be curled up in a fetal position over in the corner going, give it back. It would not be good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's important, but I think that the reason that we're wired that way is that we see a budget differently. We see a budget as telling us what we can do. We're telling our dollars what they're going to do instead of a budget telling us what we can't do. And most people feel like a budget is restrictive. Yes. I'll tell you, absent you know COVID travel restrictions, we take a good trip every year. We we, we do what within reason. We do what we want to do, but we do it on a budget. We're intentional about it. But what that means, the gift of that is we get to do it without the guilt and without worrying about, oh my gosh, there's going to be credit card debt when we get back home because we didn't really pay for this trip. We swiped a card for it or, you know, or Christmas shopping or whatever it might be. If it's within the realms of the budget, we can do it. Right. Really, the best vacation is a vacation that doesn't follow you home with that yes. credit card statement that comes every month. Yeah. So the only thing you take home are the pictures the you pictures took. The pictures and, and the memories. It. Yeah. And so that's that's really what we're geared toward here. It's not um, it's not really handcuffs or a straitjacket that we're looking at as far as a budget goes. It's really the opportunity to, for you to sit down with your spouse and be able to really share and dream about what you want to do and tell your money what to do yeah. so you can get there. So let's talk about the budget that we use. Um, it, it's it's a zero-based budget. It's the same concept as what Dave Ramsey uses. And so when you think about the money that you have coming in, and I'm just going to use round figures as an example. Let's say that your take-home is $2,000, okay? Well, when you get that coming in, all that you can spend is $2,000. You can't spend 2500 It's 2000 So on paper, on purpose, we're going to go through what are the dollar amounts that are going to go to whatever locations. And for, for you, decide whether or not you're going to tithe. I tithe off the gross rather than the net. And so, again, just making up numbers, maybe that tithe is $250. So we put that in there. And then that shows me that I don't have $2,000 left now. I have $1,750 because we've used... 250 of it for a tithe and then you just go on down the list and intentionally set aside money for savings intentionally set aside money for vacation etc and the way we have this set up there are multiple columns so like if you and your spouse get paid on alternating weeks you can put the paycheck in you know in different columns and say this one is going towards the mortgage this one is going towards the car payment etc um the the budget it is the same one that I've used for many many years now and seriously I mean we kind of joke about it but like I have to on payday I have to go and touch mm-hmm. the budget you know open it up and go okay what are our priorities have they changed any since last time as far as what we're saving for that type of thing and many times it doesn't change from one pay period to the next it's just slow and steady but we have those conversations to talk about has it changed and do we need to adjust any of our priorities in the cash flow Tim, uh, Tim, would you be sure that our, our health insurance covers obsessive compulsive behavior? <laughs> I had to check that first thing when I started. So, yeah. um, we're, we're good. So. We're in the same boat, man. We're in the same boat. But so let's let's talk about uh, actually two types of budgets, Janet. Because what you're talking about is a, a working budget on a, a week-to-week, month-to-month basis that right. uses Excel as a spreadsheet and what have you. And if you need that budget, if you would like to have 
have a f- absolutely free copy of that budget, then email us at info, I-N-F-O, at getreadyforthefuture.com. And in the subject line, put zero-based budget. Zero-based budget. You is can it? just put budget. We'll simplify it. Uh, well, just put let, budget. No, yeah. Actually, I have a, a method oh, to my madness. Oh, you're going somewhere else. Go ahead. method of my madness here. Zero-based budget. That is for a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month type budget that you can work your fi- family finances on. If you are about to retire, mm. I want to offer you a different budget. This is a retirement income budget, and this will help you to, uh, in your planning process, to understand the difference between required income and desired income. And also will help you to get a handle on exactly how much money you're going to need to actually have coming in on a month to month basis for your retirement. So if you're in need of that type of budget, email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com and in the subject line, put retirement budget. That's retirement budget for the uh, budget that will help you to determine your your uh, desired and required income in retirement. And we will get either of those budgets out to you as, so you have something to begin this conversation with. Very practical advice, uh, facilitating very practical conversations here on the Get Ready for the Future show. So your choices are, as a recap, zero-based budget or retirement budget. Either one. Just email us, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. All right, let's move on to conversation number two, and that is social life. You know, we talk about this a lot when uh, we are talking to retirees and we talk to them about retiring from something, but also to something. Because I will tell you that I have seen over my 30 plus years in the financial services business and helping hundreds of people to retire, I have seen people go home and sit down and they end up having a relatively short life Mm -hmm. because physically they begin to fall apart because they have sat down and done nothing in retirement. As opposed to those people who are very active in retirement, those folks actually do have on, on, on balance, I would say, a much longer life in retirement and a much happier life because their brain is still engaged and their bodies are still engaged. Hey, guys, I'll, I'll give you a very real life example of the impact. This is really from um, all the social distancing that's been required from coronavirus, but the concept is the same. If you go home and, and sit and you're, you're not active, um, there is a, there's a person who was in their, in their 90s and very active, just as spry as could be, drove around, you know, all of that stuff. Healthy, fine. That was earlier this year. At this point, this person is walking around with a walker because of the lack of activity. Yeah. And and it's just made a tremendous difference if you don't a difference in their lives. If you don't use your muscles, you lose your muscles at that point. Now that's an extreme example, but the same thing on maybe a little bit lesser scale, but the same thing happens when you're in your sixties or in your seventies. They refer to sitting now as the new smoking because of the impact that it has on your body. And and we're just even at work now we're not as physically active as previous generations have been and so when you retire if you get less active than you already are which is probably not active enough for most of us then it it really is a health problem so finding a way to be active is important whatever that might mean for you and 2020 really has with covid changed our social lives it has i mean it's really a lot of this is what do you do as a couple lots of times and yeah to be able to go out and eat or be able to go to a park and make you take a hike or whatever it is i mean those are important things and a lot of those things have been were put on hold especially Mm -hmm. earlier this year some of those Mm -hmm. things have opened back up but we really need to be able to focus on things that we do as a couple because i know that a lot of couples who have kids and everything's around their kids their kids are gone now and it's like what do we do who are you and yeah so we really need to have those conversations about things that we really want to be able to do together and how do you support each other and encourage each other on those things? You, you need to be having the conversations that, that end in the result of somebody saying, that's a great idea. You know, yeah. like I, there will there'll be times on the weekend that we're sitting around the house and I am as bored as I can be because I'm, I'm thinking about work and, you know, it's time to get back to work and all that type of thing. And Debbie will go, hey, let's go walk the dogs. 
And I'm, I'm like, great, let's go. Uh, it's something to break the monotony. Yeah. And, and I will tell you that I have seen couples in retirement where monotony becomes this, this ogre that, that, that really does eat away not only at, at their, their social life, but really at their physical life, too. And, Janet, you were talking about this, this whole COVID thing. I, I had uh, to do some physical therapy recently because I was having a hip problem. And I was like, I've never had a hip problem. I don't know what's going on with this. And I go to the physical therapist and she goes, you're sitting too much. And and, yep. and it's because of what has happened with COVID. Because I remember early on when COVID hit, I would go into my office at home. And that's where I was basically working helping, from home, yeah, yeah. working from home, helping to run the company from home. And I would go in there at right after breakfast, like at eight o'clock in the morning, because, you know, I didn't really have to get ready to go to work. I just walked in there and it would be like maybe seven or eight o'clock at night before yeah. I got out of that office because I got in this work mode and I just never leave, left. And and the phone and the and the, the computer were basically how I was engaging with people. And and I got up to go to the bathroom and that was it. And so it was uh, incredible how big an impact that had on on someone who was you know not incredibly active in the past but but i had my moments at least yeah i I think another thing to consider is is what are some hobbies that maybe maybe you wanted to do them maybe it's something you've done in the past and didn't then for a period of time didn't have time to do that's something my husband and i've been talking about lately i've i've got i love to do some different types of crafting things but frankly i hadn't had time to in recent years just with the stage of life that we're in with with the kids kids right now and I looked at him a couple of nights ago and went when they leave the house and he said oh I know he said and and he loves it like he's as excited about it for me as I am it's not just me all about me he's going honey we can convert both of their rooms to craft rooms for you if you want to you know and he was all over it and just that that mutual excitement even though that activity is just a me thing like he's not going to really participate but he loves that I love it and so it's it's something that you know we just kind of had a moment about this is something that we're going to do in the future find those conversations conversations about retirement and hopefully most of those things will be something that you can do together. Hey, there's a great conversation about retirement coming up on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. That is December 3rd. If you're listening on the radio, this has actually already happened. But if you're watching us online, uh, Thursday night, December 3rd, we're hosting a destination retirement workshop here at Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, absolutely free of charge. All you have to do is go to our website, getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events and register. It is destination retirement. It is the seven steps that you need to know uh, from a money standpoint, what you want to do as far as retirement is concerned. And we'll have that coming up on Thursday night at seven o'clock. We're back in just a couple of minutes. Smarter, simpler, and more personal. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Your financial advisors are on your media device right now saying, we need to talk. But it really doesn't have anything to do with money or investments. It really does need to uh, uh, turn on the conversations that you need to be having with your spouse if you're headed for retirement in the next few years. We are, are covering six conversations. And the third conversation that we want to talk about is where you're going to live or the long-term living location. Uh, we were talking the other day about all kinds of, of fun stuff at, at my house, and I uh, had read something online about the, I don't know, like the, the 10 best islands internationally to retire to. And one of them was uh, Belize. And Janet has told me that it doesn't need to be Belize. It needs to be Costa Rica. And so I mean, it's a, it's an opinion. That's my personal preference. But you're not wrong in picking what you have. And, and, and I'm about. probably not moving to either of those places. But let's <laughs> what is a big conversation with a lot of folks is whether you're going to continue living in retirement in the house that you raised your family in. And I, that is a big issue for a 
lot of folks. And and I'll just say that it's a big issue for us. It, it, we really haven't talked about it yet, but uh, we we built a really uh, great home and and did that a few years ago. And I love it, but it's got stairs and it's got hills and it's got all this type of thing. And 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 as you get older, you begin to think about those things. And if uh, you want to relocate to some place that has less maintenance, that has less upkeep, that or, has or a beach or a beach or or you know anything <laughs> like that, uh, yeah, that's right. And so. Uh, the, the no not a tiny house Casey I, I heard Casey in my ear say tiny house uh, not a tiny house I would I would uh, wither that up, work. I would wither up in a tiny house anyway yeah. the point is where do you want to be you need to be having those conversations Janet well and that's something that we've we've talked about even just in the past week it just kind of randomly came up which seems weird because we're talking about it on the show but um, we've got a, a large house when we built it we were doing foster care and so it wasn't built just for our family it was additional bonus family members if you will and we're not doing that anymore so there's already some extra space but we we utilize it a good bit with house guests and that type of thing um, but then the question is what about when we're empty nesters like when, what Tim was talking about earlier and maybe even pre-retirement what does that look like and one of the options that we've talked about is, is we have some acreage behind our house and if our kids get through college and wind up landing nearby at this point they're interested in building behind us and then we just went okay whichever one of you has the most kids the big <laughs> house goes to you and we'll take the smaller house and that's okay you know but but that's not going to be an option for a lot of families and it may not be for us, depending on where they land, but we're talking about it. And and who knows what we'll actually end up doing. The important thing is that it's an ongoing conversation. Tim, as she erects a board fence and puts a sign up that says the Walker compound, we're in trouble. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I could see that happening. But yeah. <laughs> I could. She's got a nice place there. So and some nice <laughs> land behind her house. And also that would be ideal, but... I think one of the things we're looking at the same thing now. Yeah. We've got five years before Harrison goes off to college and then we're empty nesters and mm-hmm. we love the location of our house, but it's too much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and so, you know, is there another place that we could maybe downsize and, and have a nice place, but not have the stairs and right. some of those other things that a lot of the people we meet with, I mean, that's what they're considering. They said, oh, yeah. You know, they're in their 60s and said, you know, we just can't go up and down the stairs to our bedroom all the time. And Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um, those are some things to just start throwing out there and start thinking about. No quick decision has to be made on it. Well, I mean, on the flip side, I'll I'll give a different example here. My mom is 80 and her craft room, I came by this naturally, her craft room is upstairs and she's still just fine with that. And and at this point, we're fine with her having that still. Um, There will come a time when we're like, mom, we need to move the craft room downstairs or we need another house. But, But we're not at that point and it's good exercise for her currently. So just continue to have the conversations yeah and i think the conversation has to start with what does this look like what would you like for this to look like and and begin to have some give and take on it because you're probably going to find that there's a lot of commonality between husband and wife about what your needs and desires are for a retirement house if you will Uh, but there are some things that that you've got to pay attention to small details matter are you considering you know uh the location you know do you want to be like me you want to be by the water, you know, and that's that's a uh, a big deal as far as I'm concerned. I love looking out my my back windows and seeing the lake, and, and that's that's a, a, a almost a, a non negotiable item as far as I'm concerned. So it kind of limits us to some degree in this area where we can have because there's just not a lot of bodies of water around that they're building houses around. So those are all big conversations that you need to have concerning your your living conditions or your living location, guys. Let's shift the conversation to conversation number four, and that is about Social Security. Now, you may be asking, well, what is there to talk about? It's Social Security. Send me a check, right? There's a <laughs> lot that you got to talk about because the claiming strategy of Social Security uh, comes into play here, and really your personal desires come into play as well. Well, there's a lot of different ways to claim Social Security, and 
you know, I think we get hit with new ones almost every week, um, just based on yeah. different situations. And I know that we had one this week where we've, a lot of people have waited longer in life to start families and things like that. And if you're social security age, you can actually turn on social security if you have a minor child in the house and there's a child benefit that yeah. also comes with it. So does it make sense to start your social security early so you can get that child benefit? And there's all kinds of different things that um, can play into this. And everyone's situation is a little bit different, but whether to start Social Security earlier, whether at full retirement age or waiting until age 70 when you'll get the maximum amount, it's something you need to start discussing with your spouse and really meet with a financial advisor that can help you run an analysis yeah. and give you some good advice on which way would be best. I think one of the key elements, guys, to to really consider in this is that you get at your house, you get a his and a hers statement. If you if you are in the age range where they're even getting them, for most of you, you're not even getting them in the mail anymore. You have to go online and download that. But the point is, your household has a his statement and a hers statement. You don't have a theirs social security statement but you need a theirs social security claiming strategy because it is not he can claim it at 62 or full retirement age or 70 and she can claim it at 62 or full retirement age and at 70 it is how does the household financial plan all work together and create your household social security claiming strategy with over 80 well over 80 so there are 86 different claiming strategies it's not as simple as at what age do I take mine? It is how do we coordinate ours? I think there can be a lot of mental attachment to uh, your personal social security benefit because you, oh, yeah. you, you think about as as a husband or a wife, you think about, well, I worked for that benefit. I should be able to take it when I want to. And yes, you can take it where you when you want to. But is that the best thing for you to do? I think that's the question that you've got to arrive at is what's best for the family? What's best for the family unit? What's best for the family budget? Because uh, depending on when you take your Social Security, it could mean a literally a difference of hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars more, especially if you live a long life. And if you get locked into one of those things, then that's that's a real problem. Go ahead, Janet. I, I was just going to talk about this was it seems minor, but it adds up over the years. Um, we had a, a couple we dealt with a few years ago that um, we when we did their Social Security analysis, they weren't even at the point of, you know, it wasn't time to claim yet. But when we did the analysis, what we showed them was at X point, the wife can use this unique claiming strategy and get five hundred dollars a month, even while, you know, he's still working all of this stuff going on. Well, um, that was five years before they could do it. And then when they got to that point, that's what they wound up doing. And I remember him coming in for an annual review and going, hey, I was looking at this and we're about at that point. Is that really what's going to happen? And I mean, that's that's $6,000 extra per year. And not that they have to have it, but they can and that's nice. I mean, that'll cover a vacation. That that covers a lot of things. And it's just icing on the cake that if they had not gone through the process, they would have never known. Tim, one of the things that we have to look at as financial advisors is whether it's prudent for somebody to delay their Social Security. And a lot of that depends on how much, how diligent they've been in savings and what cash they have available to basically fund their income while we're waiting on Social Security to kick in. Yeah, I think there's a misunderstanding that people think when I quit working, I have to start drawing Social Security. And, yeah. that's, and that's not the case. So if you do have a nice sum of money in your 401k or you've built up a savings account and that can bridge you for a year or two and delay taking those benefits, um, those benefits will be larger when you actually turn that check on. So I think that has something to do with it. And we definitely need to look at, you know, what does your legacy look like as yeah. far as what you want to do for your kids, but also how long did your parents live? I mean, what kind of life expectancy are you expecting? Because if it's a short life expectancy, we may want to go ahead and turn it on a little bit earlier and maybe push the, some of the savings back. So there's different ways that we can go about it. We always tell people there's a there's a mathematical answer, and then there's a, okay, here's the real-life answer for you. So we're going to get you a mathematical answer, but then if you have a meeting with your doctor that gives you different news than what we are anticipating, then we're going to go ahead and take that check. Um, the other thing, guys, we haven't talked about is the survivor benefit and the importance of maximizing, usually the husband's, not always, but usually the husband's benefit is going to be a little bit more 
than the spouse than the wife's benefit and if that's the case then we might want to delay taking his benefit because when one of you passes away the lower check stops and the bigger check amount continues so that is the survivor benefit and if we can maximize that then it means more money for the surviving spouse whichever one of you it might be yeah there are logical reasonable rational mathematical things that you've got to go through in the social security thing emotion is part of it a little bit but but really and truly what you want is a very logical decision about when to claim social security and there are a lot of moving parts to it and and let me dispel the the issue of well i got to get mine while i can because they're going to run out up there trust me they've got a printing press they'll keep printing those checks and they'll figure out some way to fix social security as a matter of fact it's on the agenda uh for the assumed biden administration at this point so uh there there will be a fix to social security somehow some way because politicians definitely want to get reelected, and they know that old people vote and uh social security is probably not on anybody's list of being cut in washington at this point so uh social security conversation is a big conversation that you've got to have we have two more conversations as we talk about the six things that you need to be talking about as you head toward retirement here on the get ready for the future show we thank you for joining us across the state of arkansas and around the world online we'll be back in just a couple minutes stay with us if you want the answer ask the question Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're back for more. I want to remind you about our Destination Retirement Workshop. It is coming up tomorrow night, Thursday night at six. I'm sorry, at seven o'clock here at, at uh, Gen Wealth Financial Advisors. We're actually doing this online, so you can go to our website, getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events, and register for that Zoom meeting that we're going to have, uh, that Zoom Zoom webinar that we're going to have uh, on Destination Retirement. Janet, this is, these are the seven things that you need to be sure that you're planning for. And I know we were talking about six conversations today, but these are seven actual things that you do with your money that you need to be prepared as you go into retirement. Yeah. And when you consider, you know, how much we've talked about that, that couples don't talk about money. Well, I guarantee you, they haven't talked about all seven of these points. Even if you're talking about some things about money, you haven't covered all seven of them. So tune in, join us, and we'd love to have you. No cost to join us on Thursday night at seven o'clock. John, how do they do that? You go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events and register. It's still time to register. We have a limited amount of registrants that we can handle on the webinar, but go ahead and register for that webinar at getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events. this is if you're hearing us live on Wednesday, December 2nd. If you're hearing us on Saturday uh, on the radio show, then you have missed this this time. Catch us next time around. Absolutely. All right. Conversation number five, guys, is centers around lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle do you want to live in retirement? Do you want it slow and easy? Do you want to do a lot of travel? Uh, do you want to uh, spend your time uh, just hanging out at the house? Or what What lifestyle do you want to have? I think being on the same page on that with a husband and wife is very critical. Yeah, we often talk about the first part of retirement being the go-go years. Yeah. And then the slow-go, then the no-go later on. So really the go-go years are probably what we're talking about here and trying to figure out what are we going to be doing with all this time that we have now that we're not going to an eight-to-five job. So um, a lot of that can be, um, and a lot of people want to do, travel. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the big things, and that's what we work into the plan. But knowing, do you want to do international travel? Do you want to go to national parks. What is that kind of travel? Maybe it's to go see the grandkids. But being on the same page with your spouse on that is very important. Let me tell you what I think about when I think about this. I like options. Yeah. I like freedom. I I like to, to, and and sometimes when we talk about these conversations that you've got to have and everything's got to be so planned out and everything, that in and of itself is kind of stressful to, to some people. And so you have to think about this from the standpoint of, 
putting yourself in a position where you've got options, when yeah. you wake up one morning and you decide whether or not you're going to go to work, you decide whether or not you're going to go see the grandkids, you decide whether or not you're going to travel next week. All of those things are optional for you. And I think that that's the beauty of, of what retirement is all about. And, and I don't think that it all has to be done together. You know, we've been talking about couples, 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 but I have some really good friends that they have a fabulous marriage. They live in Eastern Tennessee, which is beautiful as it can be, but they have a grandchild in Chicago. And so she will travel quite frequently to go spend time with the grandchild and he stays home some and he goes some, but he doesn't go nearly as much as she does. But then they do couple trips together. Mm-hmm. And so it, it don't feel like, like if you're not on the same page completely, like I want to go see the grandkids every weekend. If you're not there and one of you is, that's okay. You don't have to do it all together, but just talk through it and be sure that, that we're planning for it financially. Because if it does involve, you know, a lot of plane tickets, as an example, then that's got to be something that we build into the budget. I think another thing that would fall along the lines of lifestyle is who you want to associate with in retirement. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people that their whole life is wrapped up in their work and their their friends are through work. And when they leave work, then all of a sudden that's a shift in lifestyle and they wonder, okay, I don't have as much in common with my buddies as I did the last time I went to work. And, and so that becomes a a whole different conversation, Tim, that you've got to have in regard to who you spend your time with. Yeah. I think as we do life, our friend groups sometimes change. I mean, when you're single, you've got certain friends, you get married, and then all of a sudden you're starting to find couple friends and it's couple friends without kids. And then you have kids and it's couple friends with kids. And so now we're moving on into retirement. It's probably not going to be someone who's still working all the time because Mm -hmm. that's going to slow you down. You can't yeah. Take the vacations in the middle of the week sometimes because they're still at work. So you really have to find those f- folks that um, you really want to spend time with and you enjoy spending time with and that um, make you happy. Guys, uh, this last conversation is really about putting plans to action because we've been talking about these conversations revolving around Social Security and lifestyle and this and that. But the big conversation is, OK, what's the plan? How are we going to do this? How are we actually going to make this happen? And I think that's where the conversation actually widens out a little bit. And that's where you bring in your financial advisor and you begin to actually map out on paper, on purpose, how you're going to actually fund whatever you've decided in those other five conversations. John, we talk about this in a, in a parallel way. We talk about this in business all the time. It, it is one thing to envision the future. It is another thing to implement it. Right. And there are different actions required for that. That. And so you can sit around and, and talk about and dream about the future all you want. But if you don't do something to implement that and make it a reality, it's not going to become your reality. And and uh, as my husband is fond of saying, indecision becomes your decision. So if you don't decide to intentionally do something, then your lack of a decision makes it where you haven't done whatever that is to prepare you for the future. So I, I would say we talk about this a lot. I would say to be intentional about your choices and about your actions that will lead you to that point. And and that first step, Tim, really is getting a plan together on paper, on purpose. Yeah, having a plan and being able to sit down with someone. And I, I love what I do because I'm able to sit down with people and just help their dreams really become a reality on the yeah. plan. And, and the plan can change. That's not something that you're tied into for your entire retirement. I mean, we know life happens And so we know that, hey, you may have tried a cruise and you didn't like it. So you're going to try something else next time or whatever that is. We help make those changes and we're able to help implement the plan for you. And being able to know kind of the cost of those things and that it's not going to be something that it's hard and fast. I have people call me all the time and they'll say, well, we need to think about this now. We need to think about that. And I think there's even commercials out there talking about retirement changes and the advisor you know, helping them through that. And that's exactly what we are able to do um, on a daily basis. Yeah. Let me make it very clear to people that when you do a financial plan for retirement, you are not casting in stone forever and a day. This is how things are going to roll. What you're doing is you're really saying, 
from where I can see right now, this is the plan going yeah. forward. But when I see something different, then I can have another conversation and then we can look a little bit further. You know, I think about this much like I think about driving. You can't see your destination when you get in the car, but you can see what's right down the road. And then when you make a turn, you can see what's in front of you again. And you know those little segments of the trip all add up to get you to your destination. And that's really the planning process here at GenWealth. We call it the ready-to-retire process. And guys, it's very, very easy for somebody to engage with us in that ready-to-retire process. Janet, walk through with you, with our, our listeners and viewers what the ready-to-retire process actually looks like from the beginning. I mean, it starts with a phone call for you to contact Gen wealth and say i'd like to meet with an advisor and from there we're going to to sit down with you you bring in your information and you tell us your story and we listen to you and and try to understand what your situation is what your goals and dreams are and where you are currently and then from there your advisor team will take that information and put together a personalized plan on paper on purpose that is unique to you and your situation for you and your spouse and then we get back together and share that information with you make sure that we have a clear understanding of where you are and then help you understand what are the steps that you're going to need to take in order to make your dreams become a reality so that's the process that we go through at gen wealth here for you to help you get the plan on paper and then to help you implement it if you choose to have that plan implemented here we can help you with those investments so turning your 401k into an income producing machine that's a big deal you know you've worked all these years to build up those assets how do you make it give you income when your paycheck stops so that's the process that we go through john what do they need to do if they want to contact us pick up the phone give us a call 501-653-7355 you'll get in touch with anna olive our new client coordinator she will help you get started in the ready to retire process guys you heard the final thoughts bell uh we are as we wrap up on the show today the conversations that you need to have about retirement as you head toward retirement those six critical conversations janet your final thoughts i'm going to go back to an action point that you can take today if you would like to have either one of the budgets that we talked about we talked about zero based budget and we talked about a retirement budget if you would like to have either one of those all you need to do is email us info at get ready for the future.com and in the subject line either put zero based budget or put retirement budget either one and we'll send that back to you absolutely tim well i think it's being intentional about having these conversations and it doesn't you know obviously don't all have to happen at the same time and Usually I like to have them before I get this little message here that says we need to talk. <laughs> um, normally that comes from my wife when we're just getting ready for bed and it's usually not good. So um, being intentional and being able to talk about some of these things and it really does open up the conversation. It helps your relationship. It, it just that gets you on the same page most of the time and gets you an understanding of each other and where you want to go. I think first, uh, my final thought is that if you're going to have these conversations, have it with your uh, spouse, your your other at the house, and then bring in your financial advisor because mm-hmm. the financial advisor can give you a lot of insight that maybe doesn't exist between the two of you and can help you think about things that maybe you haven't thought about in the past. So bring that financial advisor into the conversation fairly early on, and I think you will have a lot higher level of success. All right, that's going to do it for the Get ready for the future show for this week. Uh, We thank you for being with us all across the state of Arkansas and around the world online. For Tim Key and Janet Walker, I'm John Shrewsbury. Have a great weekend and we will see you next week. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.